0: Hello, humans! It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show number 144, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me, as always, is Josh.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hey, Rob, check this shit out, dude. Guess what I just found
0: out. (laughs) What'd you find out?
1: Superman and Chuck Norris once had an ass-kicking contest.
0: Oh, is that so? And
1: loser, yeah, and the loser had to wear their underwear on the outside of
0: their pants. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess Chuck Norris was in for it. Fuck it, we all know he won. God damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we got, we got another for, you know why Batman is, is, is jealous of Superman?
2: <laughs> why?
1: Superman got adopted.
0: Oh, (laughs) oh, god, right in the parents, (laughs) right
1: in the parents.
0: (laughs) Jeez, Bruce and multiple Earths heard felt that one. God damn, (laughs) so anyway. We're here to talk about a whole bunch of comic books, and this week is no different. Uh, Today's books, we're looking at Harley Quinn number 29, Unstoppable Doom Patrol number 2, Revenge of the Gods number 4, Action Comics number 1054, Detective Comics number 1071, and the long-awaited Green Arrow number 1, as well as, as usual, some honorable mentions uh brandon is unfortunately not able to make it this week he has been unexpectedly indis, un- unexpectedly yeah i said that right indisposed uh with some prior engagements i don't know if it's prior engagements. we really don't know what it is but we know it's something very unexpected that he had to deal with this afternoon uh so hopefully we'll see him we next can... week i want to promise but but you know things things can take a turn we never know
1: the only thing that we know for sure is that it's some kind of a logistical thing. That's the only information we were given. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I'll be honest. I don't even know what... I, I can't even begin to comprehend what that means. <laughs>
1: With Brandon,
0: there's no telling. Yeah. Either way, Brandon, hope all is well. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, I was really hoping to hear his thoughts about Green Arrow number 1 and Doom Patrol. But uh, we'll just have to see it in text form instead. Uh, before we get into all our books, though, let's get into some news. There was actually some news this week. Surprisingly, some, some surprise drops this week I, I'm excited about. Um, both of which kind of spoil books this week. So all three of them actually kind of spoiled books this week. So, <laughs> nice. kind of this week, uh, so I don't even know That's where to begin. Fine. I guess we could start with CinemaCon. Because that was earlier yeah, this week, tell, and, and uh, Warner Brothers had a panel, as did Sony. <coughs> Excuse me, Sony uh, was, I believe, Tuesday, where Warner Brothers is yesterday. Unless it was the other way, uh, Monday and Tuesday. Either way, Sony was first, and they showed off Craven the Hunter. And if Ooh. if you've been following the news for Craven. You, like myself, might have been a little worried about the direction they're going. I, I was stoked for Aaron Taylor Johnson cast as Craven the Hunter. I thought it was an interesting casting. Uh, but all the conversations happening since that they're going to portray him as a hero and that he's more of a, an animal protector as opposed to a hunter. I was like, yeah, sounds like, an, like yeah, been... not, not Craven. <laughs> yeah, no, but... I've
1: been following it all vicariously through Isaiah from the Screens podcast, who pretty much it, uh let me know the exact same thing. This is it isn't quite it's not Craven it's Craven's son if i'm not mistaken is that right? Oh well, it's
0: i think he's still Sergey but like there's there's a prior Craven off as his father was a big game hunter i think is the idea here. Don't quote okay. me on that. So but the impression cuz they showed some clips if not a full trailer at CinemaCon this week and the impression that is being said is that this Craven played by Aaron Taylor-Johnson is a lot more of a villain than we would have thought and that he's hunting people so it it definitely garners the R rating it's getting like it it's definitely well deserved <laughs> from how it yeah, it's being would, described
1: you would think that a Craven movie would have an R rating to be even really the should. slightest bit accurate yeah um, yeah. Um, yeah isaiah and i were gabbing about it and he's like I, I just don't understand this why doesn't why does craven go after spider-man and not rhino or vulture <laughs> like, <laughs> well, i mean i guess technically because vultures in a suit kind of sort of sometimes and rhinos in a suit kind of sort of sometimes but other times they're not and Rhino's usually and in... okay Isaiah I have no idea why he doesn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, if you if you want the the comics explanation at least what was garnered from the the animated series back in the 90s is that Spider-Man was like the ultimate prize. He's the guy that beat all these other guys and as a creature he is the hardest to kill. Uh, so also... so he's the ultimate God, hunt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you want the comedy response, uh, maybe Rhino was just too fast. <laughs> Vulture was too high. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know. Vulture maybe maybe he doesn't. Me, but, I mean, maybe he that. doesn't hunt Russians or and old people. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> uh, maybe Warner he Brothers has though, an
1: affinity for bald people. Maybe. I mean. Oh yeah,
0: like, but you don't know the Spider Man isn't bald because of the mask.
1: I think he just assumes,
0: maybe. Yeah, that's the same. He probably
1: assumes that he's more spider than man, so he must be hairy underneath, right? That's got to be it. He's not Harry. He's Peter. Harry was hobgoblin. <laughs> now your jokes are as bad as mine <laughs> nah, i'm not gonna lie that one was better than mine
0: <laughs> uh, right so warner brothers they came in with some swings this week ow something just fell on my leg um no. I'll be honest, I don't remember all of the movies. There was a lot of non-comic book movies as well, a lot of sequels to some horror movies. Uh, announced so kind of surprisingly, but I'm not 100% against it, is Beetlejuice 2. That, that's that been a long time coming. That's been like 30 years now or something like that <laughs> since the first one. It's, it's um, been a
1: very long time since then, yeah. but
0: the only reason
1: why I am okay with it And that that I'm that I'm even the slightest bit interested in it is that Michael Keaton is reprising
0: the role of Beetlejuice and Tim Burton is directing. It's got to be. You cannot do a Beetlejuice sequel any other way. (laughs) You got to have Tim Burton and Michael Keaton is how they should have done Batman Forever. But now I
1: did hear a tiny rumor, and it's not confirmed. In any way, shape, or form, so people don't go out assuming this. But I did hear down the rumor mill that, um, oh shit, what's her name? Uh, uh, oh no, what's her name?
0: Ooh. <laughs> Give me a hint. Her Beetlejuice? Josh? Lydia. Lydia,
1: Lydia. Oh, okay. her daughter, yeah. is going to be the the uh, uh, human companion for Beetlejuice this time. And I sense. hear that that daughter will be played by Jenny Ortega.
0: I have a feeling you're going to say that name because Wednesday. <laughs> yep. Now, again, yeah. that's
1: just a rumor, but... Um, it could have some meat to it uh she's definitely the 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 favorite the favorite to go to to for that dark and innocent role you know the simultaneous thing that she's got going on with wednesday um i just watched her in scream six and she did a phenomenal job in there definitely a totally different character than you see in wednesday so she's got some chops and I would, uh, yeah. I'd be very interested to see her in that role. But regardless, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, Beetlejuice
0: 2, sign me up. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be interesting if Jenna Ortega gets cast in that role. If that is also the story they're going for, I don't know much about the movie apart from the fact that it was announced. I don't know if anything else was said about it. But uh, definitely... Something to potentially look forward to. Uh, As for comic book movies, they did talk about upcoming flicks later this year. They got The Flash. They had a new trailer for The Flash, which you have probably watched online by now. If you haven't, check it out because it's really fucking good. Uh, Also, there was more footage, I believe, for Blue Beetle. I don't know what the footage was. I did not get a chance to look up what was shown, but I know there was some more footage shown for Blue Beetle. And there was talk about Aquaman, potentially some clips from the movie shown for Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. With From how people are talking about it, it sounds like a possible confirmation on the villain of the piece, and that is Black Manta. Specifically Black Manta. See, Where Black Manta he he, he was involved in the first one, but he wasn't necessarily the main villain. The main villain, I believe, was Orm. Yeah. Yeah. Now the it's, the turnaround it here shouldn't
1: have been. It should have been Black Manta. It
0: should have been Orm. But, should have came in part two. But I'll take. We need Black Manta. Here's the kicker, though. It and I've yet to confirm this. But I have been reading that some of the clips are showing that not only is Black Manta the main villain, but that Aquaman is teaming up with Orm to take on Black Manta, <laughs> which is I mean weirdly interesting. But I don't know how I feel it, okay, about that. So yet.
1: it's weird and it's weird when it's happened before in the comics. Um, yeah, it's never happened in a good story arc. So, um we'll have to see about yeah there that. was
0: what was this it was a recent I say recent but it's been like freaking four years since we've had an Aquaman comic there's there's a story arc and I don't remember what it was oh I think it was near the end of his, his rebirth series where Orm had like retired to the land and had a wife and had adopted a child and then had to return to the sea because uh what's her name their sister god I don't remember her name now showed up and brought him back and then he had to work with Aquaman to save the seven seas or something like that. That wasn't bad. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh he he technically didn't it, it work with Aquaman. Bad. He he technically worked with Aquaman, but he, he was also he took command of Mira's old kingdom and I don't remember what the name of that kingdom was, her home kingdom. Zebul. Zebel, yeah. He became the the king of Zebel and then mm-hmm. went to the multi kingdom party and tried to take over and and then somebody else tried to take over so he and Aquaman worked together to stop that, or there, something like that. It's been a while, mm-hmm. but I remember something about them working together in some kind of fashion. And I kinda liked that. <laughs> it had its
1: ups and downs. It's far mm-hmm. from the worst arc. For yeah.
0: Us. Oh, yeah, the others was kind of dull. So what else have we got coming in? Um, sorry, I thought... No, I interrupted you, and I wasn't sure if there was more to your thoughts. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, no,
1: not really. Okay, fair
0: not enough. Not really. Yeah uh that that was about it for movie news that i can remember from CinemaCon. uh but there's definitely some stuff to, to look forward to uh but it, again if you have not watched that trailer for the flash check it the hell out it looks so damn good action-packed people were emotional about it in a good way <clears throat> um whereas test screenings for aquaman and the lost kingdom are calling it the worst comic book movie of all time so <laughs> we'll see how that goes Uh, And as for the third DC movie coming out this year that I mentioned, there was some information about Blue Beetle. Well, in the comics world, I have information about Blue Beetle as well. Just as Mm -hmm. this week we see Blue Beetle Graduation Day number six, it was announced that Blue Beetle number one is coming out in September 2023. And spoiler alert, that is also teased at the end of Blue Beetle Graduation Day number six. Again, has come out this week. uh and it's the first story arc will be titled scarab war uh written and drawn by the same Uh creative team yeah so it's going to be interesting uh Uh, very interesting i i'm just double checking now i don't know for sure if it's an ongoing or a mini but i really hope it's an ongoing i really do i really hope oh wait yeah First look at DC's upcoming ongoing new Blue Beetle book. Yeah, so that is yes! coming up in September as an ongoing. What's a win for a book that lost a round-robin tournament, right? Fucking <laughs> right. Thank you, <laughs> readers, for supporting Jaime Reyes. Win. You know? It
1: makes me so oh, happy. Oh,
0: shit. They have a cover as well for Blue Beetle number one coming in September. It looks freaking good. Yeah, you I mean, it's drop that into Discord. Oh, Brandon shared the link the other day. It's on that same article. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, It does have that kind of... You know those posters people complain about these days where it's just a bunch of floating heads? It, it has that same energy, but it's Blue Beetle characters, so I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. And they're teasing what... Kind of, it's a shadowy figure, but it kind of looks like Black Beetle, which would be really weird. But <laughs> but I'm about it right now because I really liked that character.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, the, if you're into Jaime Reyes, you kind of have to dig the Black Beetle character. Yeah. Um, he was just I mean, a, he, just a fun character.
0: Yeah. I also he, he was heavily like Beetle. a a booster gold type villain because he, he debuted in that run and he was only ever really around for blue for booster from what I remember. Uh but yeah like it carbon copy of the suit in a way so definitely. I I don't like Dan Jurgen's surprise reveal at the end of blue and gold for Black Beetle. I'm gonna be honest with you. It feels really weird uh, but we'll see how this goes. Even. Yeah yeah, like the more I think about it, the like the, the logic side of me is like, okay, like, sure, it makes sense. Like, how many different directions could you go with this? But at the same time, I'm just like, really, <laughs> Earth, Earth three though, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it just kind of looks like Black Beetle to me, but we'll see. It's completely silhouetted with red eyes. Uh, but we'll see in September when that drops. Uh, Also announced this week, um, kind of breaking out of a future issue, and now I'm... Hang on. (laughs) Now I'm debating if I even finish Action Comics this week. Oh, shit. Uh, (laughs) I I don't think I got a chance to finish Action Comics this week, now that I think about it. Well, it's a good thing I did. Yeah, that's, that is very good. <laughs> did, oh, no, I did. I did. Okay, no, Power Girl's yeah, not the backup it. anymore. Okay. <laughs> right, it's Power Girl Special number one, uh, which comes out in May, on May 30th, I believe. Uh, they're teasing the end of that already, a whole month in advance. That, uh, there are two series spinning out of the pages of Power Girl Special number one, and that is Power Girl number one just power girl which is confirmed by the writer to be an ongoing so that is coming I believe also in September as well as and I believe this is a mini series fire and ice welcome to smallville that's fire and ice from the old justice league international team uh, Beatrix DaCosta and, and yes. Tora, Olaf's daughter so that's awesome that's awesome as hell I can't wait for that uh i i i've been no side oh my god i can't talk i I have been very vocal i mean to say uh about my love of dan jerkins on this podcast uh and jli is no different so seeing fire and ice getting some recognition i am all for that uh and it looks like power girl definitely it's been a long freaking time like even in the past friggin 20 years they've just been relegated to the odd appearance in a in a event title uh, and that's it so we'll see how it goes uh the idea here is that superman is it weird that i want
1: fire ice jade and obsidian to have like their own little team
0: Uh like like the real world metropolis or something like that (laughs) something
1: like that I just think it would be an interesting that'd be cool.
0: Jaunt. The the emerald flame and the Brazilian flame teaming up with the the bright shining cold and the the bright or the dark seething it's cold. <laughs> it's there, it's somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, Fire and Ice, welcome to Smallville. Sees Superman sending the former Justice Leaguers packing for Smallville to lie low following their extremely public and utterly disastrous mission in Baltimore, uh, and so doomed them to inf- uh, fate worse than death. Irrelevance. Uh, so they are left kind of, <laughs> kind of bored on a farm. Um, you remember that that old reality show? Oh, I'm picking reality shows of my ass today. Um, it, was, it was Paris Hilton yep. and Nicole Ritchie. Oh like the, um, the, the mid oh 2000s God. where they the just went across the midwest God. or something doing doing like media labor
1: every it made every girl under 30 adopt that's hot as oh like my your favorite God. thing to say i couldn't yeah. tell you what the hell the name of it was no i, I, I personally i don't how even how care <laughs>
0: famous but i know funny. how mtv <laughs> <laughs> yeah MTV yeah and um, sex tape. <laughs> but which one? trick question, <laughs> all of them all of them exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I bring that up because it kind of has that that vibe to it these These two <clears throat> uh, superstars, the superhero community, uh used to a a certain type of life, are now being put into rural Kansas and left to work on a farm. And, uh, and what's they're not so too bad happy about, about, that? about it. Hey, it's not too happy. Not, not 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 so bad necessarily. I mean, I'd probably go freaking crazy because I like city life, but <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. Uh, and Power Girl, <coughs> we'll continue the story. Uh, uh, ugh, rolling out of Power Girl Special Number no. One and Night Terrors, and it looks like the name Page is sticking around, which I am more than okay with. Uh, cause let's face it, the name Karen has oh, been kind sure, of tainted man. recently. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's, I think it's, yeah. it's fair to give her a new name. It
1: is. And again, I mean, I am 100% all about them putting as much room in between power girl, just being a Supergirl clone for all intents and purposes. Um, I mean, I know that's not exactly what's up, but you know what I mean? And yeah. And, and uh, for it to have for her to be able to you know graduate into being her own hero and hopefully us seeing a whole lot more of her that makes me really happy she's a great character and that character deserves to to uh be her own character you know what i mean yeah Kara,
0: karen that's that's a little too close yeah excuse me i mean back back in in whenever it was they they started that if it was the 80s or the 70s or whichever <clears throat> when they had that going on they're like okay we have these two characters and they're the same character but they got to be different characters we do okay at the time sure but it's it's been a while definitely update that and finally uh, another so how do you tease differentiate
1: for... between the two well kara would never have a boob window
0: <laughs> she confirmed that on multiple <laughs> occasions <laughs> yeah <clears throat> Um. yeah and finally another tease for a book that's out this week Green Arrow number one has officially been extended from six issues to twelve uh, it was very quick because I think the news broke the day the book came out <laughs> so it was, it was yeah. very good to see very good to hear um, uh, and as, as the article mentions, uh, if it sounds, this, this news sounds kind of familiar, it also happened with Poison Ivy. I, I think it was just, just before issue six came out, they said it's 12 issues and then like issue nine came out and they were like, okay, ongoing. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all it takes know to it gonna keep selling this good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that's, yes. if that's what it takes this, these days to like get us to, some ongoing series and by all means if that's if that's what takes us what it takes, what it takes. Uh, no more like 50 to 55 percent a week batman titles and let's look at the larger dc universe there's hundreds of characters in the stable right. and we're finally getting back to them i am more than okay with yeah. this if, if you got to start with minis start with one story arc see how it sells and go from there that's fine <clears throat> yeah i'm more than okay I, with uh, it
1: actually the day before yesterday i plopped over my uh poison ivy collection over to holly and because uh, she uh, she works f- f- from uh home now and uh while she's in between her phone calls she will uh usually play a game and i said instead of sitting there or or as uh, you know instead of sitting there scrolling through instagram you should read this she came back into the room after her after her uh after her work day was off. And I said, So what'd you think of that first issue? She said it was pretty good. Um, so was the last one. I'm like, you read you you read all of the <laughs> books? She says, Oh yeah, I couldn't put it down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, I, I do the same thing with Ange sometimes. I, I like, okay, check this out. You might like it. And she's almost done Saga. So we'll <laughs> I've been, been waiting for a couple of months for her to get to that last page of issue 54. But we'll see. Hopefully soon. But she's also working from home. She's back at work now and has a really crappy shift. She's finished at 8, 8 p.m. So not a lot of free time with that kind of shift. <clears throat>
1: yeah, that is a shitty shift.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the last
1: time I did an afternoon shift was back in, oh hell, I must have been like twenty-two or something. I just oh like, damn, fuck this. It's it, yeah. it is worse than working a midnight shift. At least in the midnight shift, you you still have time to take care of shit. You work in like an afternoon shift, and your entire day is screwed. I mean, you got to yeah. do what you got to do. You know, bills don't bills don't wait around to get paid, but. I exactly. feel for man I
0: definitely yeah. feel for um, I, I didn't mind when I was working uh, afternoon to late shifts in retail uh, working 8 hours because I, I wasn't much of a morning person I was more of a late owl so I'd get home at 11pm and be like alright what can I do for now like go play a game <laughs> everyone else is asleep I can just relax like I don't have to deal with stuff I, and you get the morning if you start at one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon you get the morning to take care of stuff or you gotta take care of stuff I didn't mind that so much but now I, that I'm I'd working 6 a.m. to 2.30 uh,
1: I'd rather, I'd rather get up at 6 get out at two thirty, four thirty, somewhere in that area and then get to spend my my uh, early evening taking care of some stuff and then my nights doing whatever I want insomnia um one of the boons of it is that you get a lot more time in the day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get um, on, I'll
1: get on a video game instead of uh, instead of crawling into bed. Everybody else is sleeping. I can't get yelled at. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> it sometimes it's great. Though I, I do also appreciate waking up early on days off. Like you said, everyone else is asleep. You can just do oh, your, your own head. thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh so you got any news, anything going on in your life right now?
1: Um I mean I've I've got that health shit, which sucks. Twenty <laughs> yeah. percent function. That's no fun. But uh I've been busy in myself with a lot of comic books, um, some video game plan. I picked back up Gotham Knights. I'm still having some fun with that. It is by right. far from a great game it's 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 definitely not getting 10 out of 10 on anybody's list but it's a fun way to pass the time I am playing great. Hogwarts Legacy far more than that and I'm fucking addicted to that game dude yeah. uh, and TV shows I've been watching an ass load of those but as far as uh, ones that relate to this show I haven't gotten into Titans yet I keep on forgetting to turn that on I have watched Gotham Nights. I have watched Gotham Nights to let you guys all know that you probably should not. Um, oh, yeah. If there's a way to sum that up, it's a little, I guess the best way for me to put it is that it's like Gotham, the TV show Gotham, right. mixed with the absolute cheesiest cw show they have ever produced and the result is not a good one it is not a good one
0: kind of had that uh, feeling from the trailer
1: (laughs) yeah and then finally man um in what i am almost certain that the last episode will have me bawling (laughs) and i mean this uh, Holly and I are both looking at each other after every episode and going, oh shit, we're going to cry at the end, aren't we? We're going to fucking cry at the end, aren't we? Superman and <sighs> Lois. It's oh, been yeah. CW's best superhero show. It's been it's been regular TV's best superhero show ever. And um, if you haven't been watching it in this season, John is really coming into his powers. He's at the top of his game. Uh, And Clark is not so much. And that is mostly because we find out that Lois has cancer.
0: Oh, fuck
1: off. um, (laughs) Yeah, no, for real. And there is absolutely nothing pointing in the direction that she's going to come out of this okay.
0: Well, shit.
1: The greatest Lois Lane of all time probably going to die this year. That and I will fight people insane. on that shit. I will fight people on that shit. Elizabeth Tulloch is the best Lois Lane that's ever appeared on,
0: in media. I, I can definitely agree with that. And I, if anybody does have an argument for that, just don't. <laughs> it's just, like, everyone's entitled to their opinions, yes, but Honestly, Elizabeth Pella is doing a fantastic job.
1: Write in or donate and join the Discord and fight
0: me. I got you. Yeah.
1: We have a channel (laughs)
0: devoted to fights. In fact, we have two. We have one called Let's Fight and one called Yell at Josh. So you have multiple avenues. You can fight the fight on two fronts. People don't have a problem yelling at me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think that was about it. Uh as that far as news goes. It. Yeah. Like I've I've honestly <sighs> shit, yeah, not much else. say. <laughs> I, I finally finished reading Final Crisis. Uh it was a hell of a oh, ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um been a long time since you dipped back into that stuff. That yeah. Time. Like I've time. I've looked at and excerpts every now and then over the past 15 years or so but now I haven't really read the whole thing since it was first released and I've just been wanting to take a dive into it for a while so I got that uh, I think it was the 2014 or 2015 edition which had some bonus pages in it to help the end make a bit more sense and uh i when i first got it a few months ago I, I looked and compared to issue 7 what the extra pages were and i know i took photos for brandon and showed him, um but i couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now which pages they were but reading it in a flow was like oh like i wasn't confused about anything it it was honestly solid and mm-hmm. it's a hell of a story and the edition i had yeah. i think most most of the editions come with uh Superman Beyond 1 and 2 for the tie in and then Grant Morrison's Batman 682 and 683 I think were the numbers which t- talk about what Batman was doing between him being locked up and then appearing in Darkseid's throne room um, and how he escaped and where he went so so you get the whole story right there without all the excess tie-ins that don't actually have any connections. Looking at you, Green Lantern, Rage of the Red Lanterns. Um, and almost every single other event in DC. Every single other one, yeah. There, There is also <laughs> well, not the... just in DC, I mean everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, there was the Resist tie-in as well, which catalogs more about the tattooed man and his part in the story, which is a fairly big part, I gotta say. Uh, and that, that was it, it was it read pretty well in the order it had and how it read I, I really liked it, definitely recommend checking it out again all these years later, because you also get to see a, a lot of the ideas that Grant Morrison drops there that he picks up on in later books he publishes over the next 15 years in like Multiversity, in uh, The Green Lantern, and, and there's so, so many others um, so it was great to see those Start out. Loads of others. Loads of others,
1: yeah. And it's not only him that dips back to his old stuff. A lot of other people tend to, too.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which we've seen a lot over the past year. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was a good few months solid where (laughs) everything was. It's not even just like Rom V was doing it. Williamson has been doing it. uh, Chips Darsky has been doing it. (laughs) I think there was one month we had Detective Comics and Batman where Rom v and Ship both took over the, the respective books and both issues had teases of Grant Morrison work. So <laughs> it's he's he's an iconic writer. Or sorry, they it's sorry I keep they okay. it, it bugs me because I was reading somewhere that I think it was on Reddit, somebody was saying there was an interview where Grant was like, he's he he's okay with he they and I keep that in my mind, even though I don't want to I, I I want to just go with they <laughs> they them because that is what is the the constant. Uh, but that one comment has been stuck in my mind ever since. I was like, maybe it's a, I just don't don't take the chance. So they <laughs> I just want to explain why I'm doing that. They uh, are definitely a very prolific writer for DC and comics in general, realistically. Whether you like Grant or not you got to admit their contributions to the craft were just amazing i would almost say unparalleled oh yeah yeah like when, when you look at the i I'll call it this the the second british invasion in history <laughs> or i guess technically third if you have uh, the Civil War not the Civil War the the, 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 the War of 1812 was that the, yeah, the, the British American War. War? The Revolutionary War and then you have uh, the British invasion with the Beatles this is the third British invasion where you had all the, the big time British comic creators uh, make a name for themselves overseas with Alan Hold Moore on. Grant, Grant Morrison, Morrison
1: is a British he's Scottish he's Scottish that's British. That's not British. That's just UK.
0: That's, that's Great Britain. <laughs> it's the UK. They're, it's you're a UK. <laughs> 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 See, it works yes. everywhere. <laughs> it works everywhere. Yeah, if if you talk to some some hardcore Scots people, they they will like um. No, I am Scottish. Same, same with the Irish. Uh, but it is, even my mother sometimes will just... I'm not British. Okay. Okay, okay Mom. <laughs> Um mm-hmm. Yeah. They are Scottish. Uh, a lot a lot of the bigger ones. A lot of the better ones, I'll say, were Scottish. Uh, Mark Miller. Al- Alan Moore. I think he's just English? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Which would, would, would explain the hard-headedness.
1: Yeah, And his appearance.
0: Uh, and, and his appearance. <laughs> I, I blame that on him being a wizard, but. <laughs> There's never been um, any proof of that. There, but there me. hasn't been any proof to dispute it either. <laughs> you According can't prove he's me. not a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember any other. I know there was a lot. There was a lot of people just like booming overseas in the 90s. I can't read 80s and 90s. I can't remember them all, but those are definitely, those are possible. three of the biggest. Yeah. Grant Morrison, now Alan Moore, Mark now we're Now we're on
1: our way through the Canadian invasion. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. S- no. so many You're not on your way through camp. it. It has come, it has landed, it has taken over, and we were here before you even knew it. <laughs> we we were Damn. we were already apologizing before you knew what even happened <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we,
1: we sent the advanced troops to Canadian knew what geese we were saying sorry for
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking oh, of that spe- speak speaking of Canadian creators uh, today, I was supposed to go see Chip Starsky <laughs> yeah, in Toronto, what a uh, but But it, it got postponed to Saturday, so I'm going to still go see him Saturday and get some stuff signed, and Excellent. conveniently, uh, kind of accidentally, I've just been feeling like doing it, a, a kind of low-key comic shop opened up at the mall by my house. There hasn't been one at that mall in like, god, like seven, eight years, uh, and I say low-key because nice. it's, it's, it's kind of a chain comic shop where it's got two main stores that they have in neighboring areas and towns and then they have smaller shops they pop up all around the greater Toronto area uh, usually in malls that will have all sorts of like pop figures and collectible items manga and the occasional comic book and graphic novel but they don't get the weekly comics at these smaller stores they just get Uh, what was left over and sold well from the week before. So I I started picking up from number 127, every issue of Batman by Chip Starsky, uh, just because I liked it so much. And then I find out he's Hmm. coming to Toronto to sign stuff. I'm like, well, that's freaking perfect. I've got some books for him to sign. (laughs) Don't mind my backpack, buddy. Exactly. I I don't imagine I'm going to bring all of them. I might just get maybe 127, maybe 134, because I do have all all the issues of have run so far. So yeah, I just picked up 131 last week. Oh yeah, <sighs> gotta start there at least. Sure. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, as another shop I haven't been to before, because part of Toronto, I don't. I usually drive through on my way to a Blue Jays game. yeah or a convention Uh, so (laughs) yeah i don't spend much time there that's what you get for being a blue base fan (laughs) what 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 are you saying (laughs) baseball
1: stopped being a fun game a long time ago. fun game to watch a long time ago Um,
0: so so funny funny you say that because i was talking to my mom We we were out having a drink earlier today and the highlights for last night's Jays game was on, and MLB has instituted a, a whole slew of new rules to make the game a little quicker and a little more uh, interesting. They say <laughs> so. So it's well, that's good. it, yeah. Like it's they there there are I, I call it there. There's timers, there's shot clocks now uh, for the pitcher and the batter. So good. I think the pitcher has the got. 10 or 15 seconds to actually pitch the ball <laughs> and the batter has 30 seconds between bats to actually make it to the home plate and they have to do it before the 8 second mark, they have to touch the plate to step up to bat or whatever like that or they, they take a ball or a strike depending on who it is plus when it comes to pick off pitches at a base you when know, someone's trying to steal, you get no more than two, mm-hmm. that's it if you go for a third Automatic ball. oh Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus that's, some that's C, some man. other other rules about fielding and, and calls for umpires. So, yeah, they're they're definitely making it a bit more fast, a bit quicker. Apparently, early yeah. on, early tests of the these rules shaved the game time down by uh, approximately twenty six minutes. So the game is a Holy lot shit. faster now. Yeah.
1: That's groovy, man. I yeah. mean is I loved baseball as a kid. I I loved the Detroit Tigers and I loved the Baltimore Orioles. And um it just got to the point where it was taking so long. It was almost as if everybody there was getting paid by the hour. And yeah. it turned watching baseball turned into watching golf. It was just something you turned on to fall asleep to after Thanksgiving, you know, something something oh, yeah. like that. <laughs>
0: I mean, I it's it's definitely so, more but, fun you know, to watch in person. You get the oh, yeah. feel of the crowd. You go there, you get your ten dollar hot dog, your twenty dollar beer, and hope you don't spill it because you lost out twenty bucks. And and you just get the vibe of the crowd, and you get to see the game live. It's a lot more fun there because I got the the music going, the people cheering, the the mascot doing the stuff in the stands it's, it's great stuff like it, being in person i i get bored watching it on tv sometimes too because you're just it's three hours of watching people stand around on tv it's yeah. it is it is a little more boring i prefer I, as much as i like the sport and i like watching it i prefer to watch highlights more often than not or if i know there was a really good game the day before i'll go back and kind of go through the game but yeah, no, I don't. I don't, kind of don't blame you there. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah.
1: It's a lot.
0: Yeah. I would but, say spe- right, speaking man. of wrestling, or speaking of sports, there's wrestling, but but we should probably get on with the comics. There, there it is. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. should probably. It's been like 45
1: yeah. minutes already. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So honorable mentions, man. Let me go through those really quick. Uh, Tim Drake Robin number eight you guys will not believe this but after eight issues it still sucks um, <laughs> DC, <laughs> DC Ruby number three it is still better than I thought it would be it is surprising the hell out of me every time uh, the Riddler year one number four there is some really interesting concepts here and an explanation as to why he hates the Waynes so much Uh, so if you're not reading this and i again i can't believe i'm saying this but go read it uh sandman universe the dead boy detectives number five this is frigging great and if you're not reading the sandman universe books even if you're skipping on the nightmare country because it's too much for you um dead boy detectives is awesome and uh Tighten up your stomach or something, because Nightmare Country is pretty kick-ass, too. Finally, Blue Beetle Graduation Day number six. Fucking great issue. Great ending to this series. Awesome lead-in to uh, we're going for Blue Beetle number one, like Rob mentioned earlier. And I could not be happier that Jaime Reyes is getting so much attention. I hope it continues after the movie. I have a feeling the movie's going to be pretty kick ass.
0: And And, I'm thinking um, about this now um, with Blue Beetle graduation day because now I'm remembering one of James Gunn's quotes uh, shortly after him and and Peter Saffron were given the job that he wants to work with Warner Brothers in DC to make sure that when a movie's coming out that there was a comic book about that character at the same time so maybe that did also have some influence on graduation day and the upcoming ongoing series which i'm still yeah, more than okay I, with I but yeah like that's yeah, i remember when i thought it was just, just like the... they're smartening up but maybe maybe james gunn just has uh. some influence here
1: For sure, he's got a lot of influence. Um, He has 100% stated that all the TV shows, movies, and video games will all be interconnected. And that the video games will not be required to know what's going on, but they will definitely fill in some holes and uh, add a little bit to the story where you're just getting more. Yeah, adding to it, which is great. Unlike the you know the old Spider-Man movies, video games where it's you know hey we've we've got this and the general plot of the movie and then we're gonna throw in eight or nine more bad guys on top of it. Yeah, (laughs) bosses. Exactly. (laughs) That's not how it works. Yeah, that was that was always my uh,
0: biggest gripe when it came to movie video games. Just the the continuity of it all was kind of weird very much
1: so and hopefully we won't have to deal that deal with that anymore and then finally i just want to mention that we do have one book that should be in the spotlight but it is such a long-awaited book that we're gonna make you wait till the end just to hear it just because we (laughs)
0: that was that That was some foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) that was definitely some foreshadowing if i ever heard it yeah that's uh that's on that's on me um i i forgot that we usually put number ones in the spotlight but i thought green arrow was also yeah like it's it's a it's a heck of an issue and we'll get into that later but i figured it's it's a good way to close the show so absolutely i think we've waited so long
1: for the book that everyone can wait till the end of the podcast to listen to it
0: (laughs) (laughs) right on Uh, before that 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 though (laughs) no honestly i was like i mean technically on purpose i wasn't even thinking about the fact that it usually goes on spotlight i was just thinking like no it'd be a great closer for the show because it's an exciting issue um completely forgetting that we that we usually put number ones in the spotlight uh, we'll we'll see how that still. goes going forward because there's a lot of upcoming number ones that are just exciting. <laughs> With Shazam, we got Green Lantern, Steelworks all coming out soon. Uh, Hawk Girl, so I don't know. We'll, so, we'll see. We'll see. All all kinds of goodies. Oh, that's that's something I was going to mention. We got Hawk previews Woman to get some love. You know? Yeah. What which
1: Kendra uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Which one is mm-hmm. is hawk girl right now? Yeah, they alternate yes. sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. <laughs> but,
1: uh, hawk woman is hawk woman is like my favorite out of the two, and I wish she got more love.
0: Yeah. It, but anyway, um, or isn't
1: Ken Ken, Ken Ken
0: Kendra's hawk girl now, or is it Shayera? Oh, it should be Kendra Saunders is uh, hawk girl. Yeah, yeah, and then Shayera Hall would be hawk woman. But then it, yes, it's so hard to keep track. <laughs> it's just like the Hawks' just, history; they, it's it's just confusing. It bit. really is. But
1: I yeah. I I, I want to <laughs> say that uh, I want to say Chiara is going to remain as Hawk woman. Kendra is going to remain as Hawk girl. At least as far yeah. as I can tell for the
0: long foreseeable future. So yeah. Uh, just one one thing I forgot to mention: we got advanced previews in the public for some books coming out in a couple of weeks and normally we get previews a week ahead but there were some previews dropped a couple of weeks ahead for uh, Green Lantern number one and Batman Brave and the Bold number one and I think there was one other but I don't remember what it was Uh, and I took a look and they they look really interesting I don't think I realized that Brave and the Bold was going to be an anthology book. I thought it was literally going to be like the old just one-off team-ups. Mm-hmm. But no. Which is, no, honestly, more, like, it's a bit of a shame. Legends. Yeah. But there's there's more than just Batman in it. So, like, there's a story in the first issue that I think is just Superman. Just kind of interesting. So it's not specifically mm-hmm. just Batman and Batman-related characters. So that's good to see.
1: No. The, the yeah. whole Brave and the Bold bunch... Yeah. I'm going to assume it's going to primarily involve Batman, Superman, Hal Jordan, and Barry Allen.
0: No, we'll definitely see. I think zatanna has got a <laughs> story so that might already kill your theory. <laughs> ah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll I I just came goes. across some issues of uh Brave and the Bold from I think it was the 2000s yeah. that were in my dad's collection. That that was an interesting run. And that had team-ups of all sorts of people.
1: Fair enough. I guess it, de- yeah. it depends on which well they're going to. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Uh, let's get to some quick bites for the week. You want to start off with Harley Quinn?
1: Uh, sure.
0: Let's go ahead and do that. Uh, I think I can
1: do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can do that. All right, Harley All right. Quinn number 29, written by Teeny Howard, Sweeney Boo on the art and cover, and lettering from Steve Wands. So, part one, we begin our journey on the distant planet of. Let me start that over again. We begin our journey on the distant planet <laughs> of Earth 48, the city palace of Lady Quark, Lord Volt, and their children, one of which is Liana earth 48 it seems is that universe's war world and the current threat there smells like birthday cake oh. then i'm not making that up it really does then we move o- we move on over to harley and ivy's place sans ivy of course back home with us on earth zero and harley wants to take a trip through the multiverse She sees an ad for it from Zatanna, which seems strange that Zatanna is uh, putting out uh, TV infomercials for multiversal travel. But uh, nonetheless, that's where we are. Anyway, she heads on over to see her, and they talk after Zatanna says a spell to hide her side piece. Uh, Why is she there? Well, it's because of that multiversal fish from last issue. Satanic can help, but Harley has to sacrifice something that's alive. After talking it out with Batman, she decides that she's going to sacrifice the one plant that Ivy left in her care to make the spell work. Next thing we see are Bud and Lou, uh, uh, everyone's favorite hyenas, standing upright like people speaking through what I guess is telepathy. Making old Rob2814 exceptionally happy, Next issue, The Tale of Captain Carrot. T-A-I-L.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I want to see Sweeney Boo draw some DC cartoons. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Hardcore. (laughs) uh, The way she draws Batman, I want to see her specifically. Batman has to be in the cartoon. I don't care what kind of cartoon it is but i want batman in there very badly and i love the way she does harley too so um yeah major props to sweeney boo uh, sweeney boo on that uh part two an incontinuity dream or rather another one written and drawn by adam warren colors by aleandro sanchez and letters by Hatsan atmaniel howe Harley has a trippy dream where Bud and Lou run through a whole bunch of scenarios. uh, They're talking, by the way, where Harley is imagining things or worse, and then she wakes herself up. In the last panel, we see Bud and Lou actually are fully articulate, multiversal, anthropomorphic hyena forms, which I think is a very super long, long way of saying that they're basically werewolf hyenas from another dimension.
2: I Sounds guess. like it, yeah. <laughs>
1: but um, it's an absolute insane path for this book to follow, and 100% believable for this book to follow. All of the art is fucking great. Um, it matches up the stories so well that they're in respectively first and last. The stories themselves working together like they do is great. I wish backups worked alongside of the main issues way more often this isn't even just a backup this is a total tie-in to what's going on and that's awesome the stories themselves are great it's top-notch stuff man and i i really can't wait for next month's issue i have to see where this goes and given that i believe poison ivy is an ongoing harley is definitely an ongoing will the two will dc's favorite fan couple dc's fans favorite couple i can't talk um, will they ever get back together? I don't know. Inquiring minds want to, though. I am definitely enjoying this. All of it, man. I, I gave this whole issue an 8.75 out of 10.
0: Right I on. thought it was fantastic, um, man. Yeah. It, it was really good between the main story and the backup. I gotta say, Harley looks like she's dealing with some shit. Maybe she should oh, yeah. see a therapist. <laughs>
1: Uh, it might I be mean, a good idea. She, she she seems like she okay. So Harley seems to be getting her shit together. The only yeah. problem with Harley getting her shit together is that she's Harley. So she's smart <laughs> enough. She's smart enough exactly. to be a, a a professor at a college like she is. Um, yeah. But she's also a psychologist enough to know herself and know that everything that she's seeing or going through could be completely delusional. So that's,
0: that's, it's crazy, but I love it. It works so good. Exactly. And that's, yeah, who knows? But we, we know multiversal stuff. It's, it's legit. Except for the Bud and Lou stuff. I'm on the fence about that. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Um, I can only assume
1: that this whole Bud and Lou thing are uh, actually Lady, Lady Quark and Lord Volt.
0: That's but definitely the vibe I got. Completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that was definitely the vibe I got until the backup, which, if that was also kind of part of the same story, <laughs> then it makes you question things because they basically say they're not. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see next issue. Um, you you are one hundred percent right that the end of the issue got me really excited, uh, with the next issue tease. With Captain Carrot. I can't freaking wait. (laughs) Uh, I know last issue, Lady Quirk mentioned that the clownfish was taken from a great warrior in the multiverse. But it wasn't really said who it was until this issue. And early on, she said, uh, I I don't know if she actually name dropped Captain Carrot or she said uh, a superpowered bunny or something like that. But that got me excited. I'm like, oh shit, it was Captain (laughs) Carrot. And then they say next issue we're getting some Captain Carrot stories. Fucking
1: yes. See the the, Uh, the mention in it completely flew right by me. I didn't even pick that up. I picked up that caption box and went, oh, Rob is smiling. (laughs) Yes, I was.
0: (laughs) Uh, So for now, uh, fuck it, I'm upgrading it because of the Captain Carroties. It's 8.5 out of 10. It was 8.25, but now it's 8.5. I imagine next issue will be a 9.75, but that's for next month. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Uh, He's not playing
1: favorites at all. (laughs) Favorites, no, Uh, (laughs)
0: not at all. All right, now we're going to move on over to the Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number two. And this is I forgot to write down the creative scene because this was Brandon's book, but now it's mine. <laughs> Hold please. This is brought to us by Dennis Culver writing with art from Chris Burnham, colors from Brian Reber, and letters from Pat Brosseau with a cover from Chris Burnham and Brian Reaver, which I'm really digging the covers that they' are doling out these days. Uh, oh hell yeah. at least for I mean for this series. Uh, I'm really liking it. The cover for next issue looks really good, too. So we open up on the Doom Patrol, saving another metahuman in danger, uh, this time in danger from Peacemaker Robots. Um, Oddly enough, they look really weird but interesting at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Saving a lone metahuman who is being called Velvet, uh, but he believes most people call him that because... Or, no, they call people call him Worm, but he believes most people call him that because of Velvet, the worm that lives inside his stomach. Uh, so he's rescued by the Dew Patrol and taken back to home base, but he is actually a spy for the government and the government organization that Peacemaker works for. As he's working for Peacemaker, and he was once a member of the Suicide Squad against his will, as is all the members of the Suicide Squad uh they give him the grand tour of the home base where they meet flex mentalo and a whole bunch of other recruits training in the gymnasium as well as we see finally niles calder who uh is actually no longer in control of the team and was brought back in a uh consulting capacity only as jane's jane's personality for chief uh quickly reminds him (laughs) that you were here to consult only and nothing more. Uh, robot man, meanwhile, takes a trip down memory lane, visits the grave of Dorothy spinner and gets in contact with some other past members of the team. As, uh, more shit is going down. Peacemaker at the end of the day is getting in touch with worm and tells him to basically, uh, infiltrate completely, send Velvet to do some digging, or we're going to blow up your brain because that brain implant is still active. He reluctantly agrees because he doesn't want to die, and Velvet digs up some dirt, as he definitely would. Sneaking around the base, he comes across the basement where Niles Calder is in front of what's called the Think Tank 2, where he's talking to some figure, and that figure turns out to be Mento, who is alive and well... Uh, I say well. He's at least alive but he is stuck in a giant right. purple tank. <laughs> um, for reasons unknown, uh, but it looks very menacing. And he gets a little freaked out. Worm and Velvet escape to the top, uh, but the Doom Patrol know that he's a spy and are jamming the signal that Peacemaker is sending out to the brain implant so he's not blowing up. Uh, they have a discussion and tell him that they can try to keep him safe, but realize that there's, there's no way to actually keep them all safe, and that the signal they're jamming is not going to last long. So while Worm is definitely a goner, he begs them to save Velvet. And they take Velvet as Robot Man does Worm one last solid and throws him up into the sky as he explodes in tears. Uh, Very, very sad. (laughs) Uh, But Peacemaker wants again, teases that there's still a spy inside because Velvets is actually the agent on hand. Um, the plot is starting to come together. Uh, we're seeing what Peacemaker has to do with all this and where Peacemaker's spot in the Dawn of DC is. Uh, and this series, I think, has been very good so far. Waller's the throwbacks like in this shit. issue are great. Seeing all the members of, of the team from the past. Uh... I, I've been digging this over. I really have. This this one, getting an 8.75 out of 10. The art's been really good. The story's been interesting. Uh, the plot is solid. I, I don't think there's much to dislike. But I also have not been a lifelong Doom Patrol fan. That's why I've been waiting to hear Brandon's thoughts on this. But <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll definitely have to find out maybe when issue three Ooh, comes sure. around. Yeah. So 8.75 uh, 8. out uh, of 10 I, for me. I,
1: I am not the librarian that Brandon is, especially when it comes to Doom Patrol, but I am a fan. And um, this one sucked ass. No, I'm just kidding. It is great. (laughs) Issue number two, um, hell yeah, I agree with Beast Girl first and foremost. Sila Simon is a kick-ass codename. Yeah. I think it's awesome. It's very close to um, the... Latin name for magic mushrooms, but other than that, I think it's really (laughs) fucking cool. That
0: might be intentional.
1: (laughs) Right. And uh, What did Mento ever do to Peacemaker? There's a question for Brandon. I can't help but wonder why the Suicide Squad (laughs) wants a piece of the Doom Patrol so badly. Uh, That was really sad what happened with Worm. Turns out that he's completely innocent. He had like nothing, he, not a bad bone in his body. It seemed as though he was just kind of forced to spy on them a little bit. But uh, I guess the big question is, is, is that little cute-ass slug going to join or destroy the Doom Patrol? Uh, DP is always nuts, and this definitely continues the tradition. All the mucky-muck in the team itself, all the craziness that just comes along with doom patrol so far the story has definitely got my interest peaked the art is just absolute doom patrol uh i i really it's so far it's only two issues in man but so far so far so awesome i i dig it and i gotta give this an eight out of ten right on awesome stuff man awesome stuff loving it
0: all right, with that, it feels, we it feels are... like a modern
1: huh? spin on our. Uh, it feels like a modern spin on the good old classic Doom Patrol, and man, you couldn't yeah. ask for more than that.
0: Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a solid series right now. Dawn of DC's been hitting it out of the park, though. I got to say, so far, with all the all the the issues they have, it's been a solid initiative.
1: Yeah, except for Superman, it's all been pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> except for josh so, except for superman for the rest of us uh, excuse <laughs> me but good.
1: uh tom as well yeah Tom as well and you can't argue with yeah. him he's a trained psychiatrist he knows if it's crazy and you know it's crazy i'm just saying it's Psychologist, <laughs> psychiatrist, we're both saying it's nuts it's gotta be nuts
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i can't argue with that too much <laughs> more so i won't argue with that too much yeah anyway <laughs> uh with that we're gonna take a quick commercial break don't go away and we're back thank you for sticking with not a robots i knew you wouldn't leave us well i mean
1: brandon don't. did how do you know
0: don't please oh <laughs> Fuck, it was only temporarily i hope, temporarily. <laughs> I, I hope they, he's they coming back, back after the commercial yes as as everyone should yeah and brandon well he didn't come back after the commercial he will definitely come back next week yeah uh so we (laughs) yeah (laughs) we are moving on to our spotlight section for the week and we are looking at i i regret to say dc universe lazarus planets that's what i regret to say because what does that have to do with Lazarus Planet? We've been saying that all this time. But it is Revenge of the Gods, number four, with three kind of stories in it. There are two backups, uh, but they they pretty much wrap up stuff as well. Uh, the opening title, the opening story rather, is written by G. Willow Wilson with pencils from Kian Tormey, uh, inks from Raul Fernandez and Wade Von Graubadger, with colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Pap and a freaking gorgeous cover. From Guillaume March. I gotta say that that cover is full of action and looks friggin' dope. I love it. The only thing that's kind of weird is where Diana's right leg is. But apart from that, it's, it's friggin' that's amazing. That's
1: the only thing that's weird?
0: For me, yes. Right, you, can, the, you can kind of see it under her armpit. But yeah.
1: On the cover, she is saying, face the wrath of Shazam. And that's not a sentence I ever thought I would hear. <laughs> very yes. weird but that me. that's that's
0: that has nothing to do with Guillaume marcher's art though <laughs> oh no by far no. no not at all no no yeah so the, rest, the rest the rest balloons do not
1: belong on a cover creators definitely not okay i mean it's
0: a... <laughs> there might be one or two exceptions but for the most part no no i agree keep that shit in the silver age yes please yeah Alright, so we pick up where we kind of left off last issue. Uh, Or maybe that was in Wonder Woman? I'm getting kind of confused about what happened where now. But basically, Diana received the power of Shazam from the newly named Mary Marvel. Uh, What's confusing is that in the backup, it showed Diana uh, teaming up with Mary Marvel after she fought Hera. But at the end of the main story, she was going after Hera, and the fight was just beginning so now we're seeing oh, no, the no, fight, no, no, no,
1: no no, 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 no. no. during the back of the last issue of Wonder Woman, what we saw was Wonder Woman taking a random break in the middle of the
0: fight to go. oh, that's what win. it was. Oh, that's what it okay. was okay okay, well, then. <laughs> yeah. uh, where it's that fits break. here? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I remember that now. She said, "No, nah, I hit her. She's falling. I can talk to you now," <laughs> or something she, like that. She needs yeah. to
1: gather her something or other. I don't
0: know. Yeah, that's all right. Point is, <laughs> here is Diana and Hera in the sky facing each other, um, and they're just basically having a chat, uh, <laughs> as you do in a fight. <clears throat> But enough so. enough uh, 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 all of, of what they've been saying this whole time though, the Hera is telling her to stand down and this is nonsense and Hera is going, you don't understand. Uh, we we've lost, we lost so much. We have to do this and Diana just doesn't give a shit. So <laughs> uh, She is using her lasso to show Hera the real truth of her actions and uh, is causing Hera to feel the pain that she's caused. Uh, yet Hera always has tricks up her sleeve, and while she is bound by the lasso of truth, she is not alone. As the wizard uh, Shazam, the wizard of Shazam, I forget his actual name, the wizard. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, comes crawling onto the battlefield in a big boom of lightning, uh, all beef caked out as he was when he took Billy's powers. <laughs> Uh, As Diana lands by Billy and Mary, uh, as the trio look on, uh, excuse me, uh, the wizard frees Hera from (laughs) the lasso truth, seemingly breaking the lasso, which was deemed impossible before. But that that definitely is happening. Uh, (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. Diana uses the power of Shazam and decides that now it's time to finish this looks upon her allies to uh, give the the strength she needs in all its forms and with one big swoop crashes headfirst into Hera and loses the power of Shazam uh, finishing Hera you s- we assume once and for all <clears throat> she's not completely out but she is down um, uh?
1: sorry what? I'm singing Lincoln Park in my head. <laughs> it's not in my head. <laughs> which,
0: which song are you singing? Oh, it was Paper Cut. All oh, right, on. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hera is understandably pissed off as the other gods that were on her side uh, have decided that maybe this is just dumb and is, have decided to just stop fighting. Uh, no more of this child's play, as I believe that might be Apollo is saying. Uh, and Diana, while she accepts their uh, terms, does not say uh, does not agree to a truce. And like, like like you you definitely fought a war. We're not just gonna end it like this uh, with a handshake. Uh, the fight's done, but don't think this means we're on good terms. And Ares, uh, in his infinite wisdom, decides to pipe up at this point and pull out the hand of God that he found in the river at the beginning of the stories, which is actually. Eros's hand. Uh and Eros demands it back, but Ares instead hands it off to and I practice this name I promise, Atlantideus. I think that's how it's pronounced <laughs> <laughs> the angel that saved <coughs> um Steve Trevor in the last issue. Uh where he gives the hand to him and Don't remember he Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and he is is going to guard it safe the god of love is holding the god of desire's hand and keeping it safe forever Um, and with this proves a new uh, pact between gods and demigods where they will begin to work together a bit better to make life better for everyone involved, humans and godkind alike uh Billy then turns to Yara and uh, says, "Look, there's some dumb, something I've been wanting to ask you this whole time, but also something I've been wanting to tell you and then ask you." He speaks to Zam, turns back to kid form, and says, "Look, now you know the truth about me—that I'm like, t- like 14 years old. You want to go out to dinner?" And Yara just puts him down right away, <laughs> which, yeah, kind of fitting because Yara is <laughs> like 21, I think, or something like that. There's, there's yeah, no way she's <laughs> like what 14. 16, 15, maybe something like that. Yeah. Well, no matter on, on. which Mary's way. Mary's in
1: college. Yeah. Mary's in college now, so Billy's got to be at least 18, because he's older about than Mary, 18. right? I don't. Know. I didn't think. I thought Mary was the oldest. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe, but he 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 can't be too far behind. If that's I mean. No, he's no, no. I think he was always like a year 18. or two behind. So
0: so Mary might but, be like 19 right now. But
1: yeah, but he still doesn't um, have a shot with Yara.
0: No, no. <laughs> no, no matter which way you look at it, it's just not a good idea for Yara, <laughs> which right. completely understandable. <clears throat> um, Diana takes a moment with Mary and uh, to thank her and, and thank her for her, her honor. Uh, it's an honor to know her. And uh, they they finish off looking at where Hera has gone, but Hera has disappeared, as is the case. Um, back to Olympus. Uh, Ares appears and uh, Diana asks of their truce as Ares says that there is no truce. He's the god of war and he fought a war. That is the only reason he fought this day. Uh, So they leave with an until next time, old adversary, until next time. And up on Olympus we see Hera slinking back to the temple uh, where she runs into Deimos and Phobos. (coughs) Uh, who decide that... You need to drink water,
1: homie? (laughs) I do,
0: thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No
1: problem. (laughs)
0: It's been a bit of a long issue, this one. Uh, She runs into Phobos and Deimos, uh, who have been ordered to prevent her from entering the palace uh, by none other than... uh, pretty much everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Phobos and Deimos say
1: no. You no. can't come in here. We never really liked you anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <love> uh,
0: that. <laughs> exactly. That 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 was that was well deserved. That was pretty awesome. Uh, as they say, she's no longer the queen of the gods. No one ever. None of us ever really liked you anyway. So just fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and she fuck is off, then you? met. Yeah. She is then met by the wizard who has shown up to deliver her a message. Uh, and that message is that she is unworthy uh, <laughs> and uh, takes away potential godhood from her. And that is the last we see of the story. That's that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the end of Revenge of the Gods. Uh, I'll get into that later. In the first backup, uh, the Amazon's backup... Uh, which is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with pencils from Aletha Martinez, inks from Mark Morales and John Livesay, colors from Alex Gamaras, and letters from Becca Carey, Hippolyta, and uh, the other goddesses she has brought with her. All of the names I don't remember, but they're all there, all five of them. They join the fight against Hades and the uh, Armies of Tartarus, the skeleton zombie armies, and Help, the Amazons uh, fight back and save Themyscira from eternal judgment as Hades reveals that uh, he kind of just thought the island was abandoned so he figured he'd take it and you know have some extra land space but okay he'll 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 step back for now but once he set his mind to something he does not quit uh he simply bides his time and waits which uh, Okay. (laughs) At first, you're like, "Oh, my bad," and then you're like, "My bad," but I'm coming back. But (laughs) okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the goddesses then include all five goddesses, including Hippolyta, then bless the Amazons and Themyscira once more, uh, shrouding them in uh, mystery and giving them their blessing uh, for all eternity, and giving them renewed strength with the promise that they bring their own strength to man's world and help bring it to the next uh, step of, of the Earth's evolution, realistically. And the Amazons are now left to control their own destiny. That is to be continued in the pages of Wonder Woman. And finally, hold on while I take a drink of water, Almost there. The Shazam backup, uh, which finishes off the story that was written by Josie Campbell with art from Caitlin Yarsky and colors from Jordi Belair plus letters from Clayton Cowles. The story that was started in New Champion of Shazam ends here. Back in Washington, D.C., Mary and Billy are just having a chat. uh, And Billy... Um, oh, they basically Billy. they basically tease each other as uh, brothers and sisters will, uh, but then Billy's like, "There's one thing I have to do," and he calls forth the wizard from the Rock of Eternity in his chest, uh, and Billy says, uh, "Mary's about to like berate the wizard," but Billy says, like, "Look, I know why you did it. I get it. Whatever. Maybe I was unworthy. I don't care. The point is, Mary should be the champion because Earth still needs one." give her the power it might i might not be worthy but mary definitely is and both the wizard and mary go what um billy concedes that mary is just better at it than he is but mary's like you idiot i i feel the exact same way as you i don't necessarily want this any more than you do (laughs) uh but the wizard was like look the fact that you are doing this and maybe i was wrong uh you, you cut me off from the rock fraternity. I thought I was betrayed, but maybe I was mistaken. This does deem you worthy. But at that time, Hippolyta shows up with her goddess power and uh, provides Mary the same comfort. And with the stamina of Righteous Artemis... Uh, sorry, let me do this in alphabetical order because they do not do this uh, on the page. <laughs> The the agility of moon-touched Selene, uh, the strength of Hippolyta, Amazon Queen, the stamina of righteous Artemis, the flight of Zephyrus, She of the West Wind, the invulnerability of Aurora the Unconquered Dawn, and the wisdom of Thrace-cunning Minerva, with them on her side... All Mary has to do is speak the word aloud, as Billy does with the wizard, as they both say Shazam, and together they are both the champion of Shazam. And that ends Josie Campbell's story for the Shazam Lee. And next we will see them in Shazam number one for Mark Wade and Dan Mora, which I'm kind of sad about. Like, I'm excited for Mark Wade and Dan Mora Shazam, but I gotta say, Josie Campbell and Caitlin Yarsky have been doing really good work with mary and the shazamly at large recently so i'm kind of disappointed that we're not getting more from them i do hope that maybe there's going to be uh, a mary marvel backup in shazam number one from josie campbell and caitlin niarski and jordi belair i'd be down to see that but i'm not going to hold my breath uh because there's been nothing said so far it might just be mark wayne and dan mora uh All in all, though, the the Shazam backup was easily the best part of the issue. Uh, (laughs) I think the main story ended kind of weirdly. It was was just very abrupt. Like, I thought there was going to be a bit more resolution, maybe, with excuse me, the rest of the Team Wonder Woman. Friggin' the rest of the cast didn't even get to speak. There, There was nothing from Etta, or Steve, or Siegfried, or Cheetah. Nothing. They just showed up on a panel and that was it. <laughs> Ares didn't fight yeah. once, which okay, whatever, I can forgive that, but it was still kinda weird. Um it just ended so suddenly. It was it was kind of odd. There wasn't even a like the end. <laughs> unless unless right. how I read it was missing a page, but it it was kinda <laughs> weird. Um Amazon's ending kinda nicely. Uh we'll we'll see where that goes. But it looks like the, the To Be Continued Pages of Wonder Woman will pretty much just be the next couple of issues. And then who knows when we'll see the Amazons again. Um, all in all, 6 out of 10 is not, not the greatest ending to an event title. I still don't know why it was called Lazarus Planet. Um, the art was really nice. I really liked the art. The story was kind of meh. I got to admit.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. At least by the end. It was kind. Of, there was some parts in the middle that I, I kind of enjoyed, but the the middle, the end was was honestly kind of meh.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: Um. Okay. So, uh, fights all
1: over. Panda Nubia and the rest of the Amazons on page nineteen, I think. Um, we get Artemis there, but not Artemis that everybody wants. We get short, dark hair, fur vest, antlers on the head, mythological goddess, Artemis. And I feel like, poor choice, because I want Bonnie McDoll Artemis and her lovely long, waving red hair. And we didn't get that. So, bummer. Strike one. Um, past that, there are literally two pages of this huge, massive war between the heroes and the gods. Two. There's a buttload of talking in between those two pages but that's all just two pages what a waste the concept of this it's a it's a pretty damn good story and i am a huge g willow wilson fan but this ending fell as flat as a piece of paper on the floor the art is fantastic but i feel really let down here and the amazons of course they all walk away every single one of them without a scratch Everything is country gravy, which is the best kind of gravy, unless you count chocolate. And it's all set back to how it originally was. After that, Themyscira is shielded again to the outside world. I don't get what the point of this fucking arc was at all. At all. Billy's Shazam, Mary's got Shazam powers. Nothing has changed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the rest, I mean, great, I guess. I'm glad Mary gets to be a hero for sure. I wanted that. The goddesses' names spell out Shazam, like Rob pointed out. Um, great, I guess. But I don't quite get why they went that route rather than maybe, I don't know, let her have, let her always have the powers or let her keep the equipment of the gods that she was given or maybe a different word to activate her powers. I am assuming that she's going to keep going by mary marvel but there's not much of a secret identity there it could be le- it it could lead to great stories i'm just i'm just confused as to why they went this way the end result is great as far as mary's concerned the way there, really not so much again the art is great it's perfect here for the shazamily um there's gotta be a better word for it than that Um, altogether great art it's not a bad premise I'm confused I'm let down and I've wasted my time throughout this entire arc the whole thing with Rob art bonus included 6 out of 10
0: yeah just (laughs) (laughs) so bad he had to make up a word (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: <laughs>
0: well, all right, so that is our spotlight section for the week. We are shutting off the spotlight in Gotham City for now. And well, I, okay, we're shining, we're, we're shutting off the spotlight in another city and turning it on in Gotham City, is what I should say, because now we're going into our full dive section for the week and starting off with Detective Comics number 1071. Bear with me. This was a book Brandon was going to cover up until like three hours ago when I suddenly had to take it. So I don't have much prepared. And this one kind of confused me. So <laughs> let's let's see how I do. It also took me two days to read it because I was busy. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how I do. Uh, <clears throat> the We Open. Oh, we Open. Oh, oh my God. See, I, can't even, I can't even start. We open on the Orgum Place grand opening in Gotham City uh, where the Bat family are standing watch and making sure things are going okay, but they're also going to infiltrate and make sure things are okay on the inside. And with Batman is Nightwing and Cassandra Kane Batgirl, as well as Oracle on comms to run the show. Uh... Before they go swooping in completely, uh, Tal—not uh, Barbara Oracle asks Bruce about the conversation he had with Talia, as Talia explains the story of the past uh, even further with her father, Rachel Ghoul, and his time with the Orgums in ancient history. And where that went, uh, telling the story of Arzan's parents and how he was born and what happened to his father, how his mother. Was going to betray him after they were sent uh, as he as he was sent out with Rachel Ghoul to uncover lost treasures in a lost city. She ordered Rachel Ghoul to kill him, and they did come across those treasures. But the keeper of those treasures heeded a warning, a, a great warning indeed. Uh, and Arzan's father did end up taking some of the treasures for himself. Yet Rachel Ghoul decides to. Uh, "Spare his life, or at least warn him of this treachery, and yet kills him instead because he is given a choice. You can either go back and deem your son to a life of potential death or treachery himself, or you can run away and never return. But because Rachel Ghoul is a man of his word and a man on a mission, he ends up killing him anyway and returns uh, back to his home. Uh, home instead of the home of the Orgums with the treasure, so he betrays both people in the end. That is where the tale ends for now. In the present day, if I can just go back to where it is, in the Orgum Royal Palace in Svartsal. Uh, Sva- I do not know how to Bless pronounce you. that word. <laughs> the org royal palace in that country which name i uh whose name i do not know how to pronounce it's i'm not it even it doesn't try. matter what their name I... is okay dwayne <laughs> <laughs> you're right it doesn't matter what the name is it's the org royal palace uh where the queen has graced the people with her presence and is going to see her mother who has a large stone stuck in her head and this stone is actually one of the treasures that was taken from or at least was taught about in the story that Talia told Bruce uh, it is uh, they. she's being warned by the stone that someone is on the way to take it and that someone is none other than Vandal Savage himself the ever living bastard of a man who tends to just show up every time there is a story in history and this is no different Uh, so he is shown up uh, to take this stone and it turns out this stone might actually be a fragment of the meteor that granted him eternal life and that he does he goes into the throne room or the bedroom I guess of the old queen and rip the stone from her head where she gives him a warning as she bleeds to death that this is a battle he has not won yet. There is a war coming, and it will be won in Gotham. As with that warning, he leaves with the stone and uh, threatens to kill everyone else that he has not killed where they stand yet. He says, uh, I will not. I will spare you their life. And instead, I will see you in Gotham where the stone has whispered me to go. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Batman has been preparing for his fight with the Orgums and has landed in the tunnels underneath the building where the festivities have begun. Yet Arzen and the Orgums are also preparing for themselves, and that is where the story ends for now. A lot of history lessons here. A lot to look forward to next issue. Uh, Before we get to that, there is the backup, uh, and (laughs) this is going to be interesting for me because this is a backup I've not been invested in. (laughs) So again, bear with me. Uh, From what I gather, the boy has rescued the therapist from Mr. Freeze's clutches, yet uh, Mr. Freeze stops him before he can completely free her from the ice and freezes his arm uh, into a solid block of ice. Yet the therapist gets out and finds her grenade somehow, somewhere, and threatens to blow everything up as Mr. Freeze ties to talk her down. And she just tells everyone to shut up and basically goes off on Victor. How, look, I, I know you're basically uh, mentally unwell. No, uh, you're not mentally unwell. You're also you're just a narcissistic prick and goes off on how he feels about his wife and all the things he's been saying and his reaction towards her. Uh, And basically he's just pathetic with a swift kick in the nuts. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. She cut him right off at the cubes. You know, <laughs> those ice cubes are shattered. <laughs> and with that, this, uh, the therapist and the boy are on the way out. Uh, as the boy goes, it's, uh, it's this way. <laughs> um, but Mr. Freeze gets up and says, look, you're wrong about me. This machine, it's not for Nora. It's not for you. It's for me. And it's like, it's clearly worked. And he hints that the therapist who was in her 40s now looks a significantly great deal younger. Than uh, as she did before. Specifically, she might just look like she's in her twenties now. Uh, so yeah. the machine clearly works. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's not for Nora. It's not for her. It's not for anybody but himself. What he wants to do is de-age himself, so he can go back to a younger version and basically start over and be a better man. Uh, where he's yeah, he's his learned his, his lesson. Broken. Exactly. He's learned his lessons the hard way and knows that he, he wants a second chance and this is how he's gonna do it. Not through, you know, showing he's changed, but by physically changing himself with science. So <laughs> as much as he, he's come to a, a, a good realization, it also is just not the right way to go about it in a way. Uh so before she can actually get through to him and say, Wait, if this is true then maybe I can help you, uh, he freezes the the doorway off so they can no longer access him and i would say that's where victor's story ends but the two walk away and then victor uh, realizes that the boy had touched the superconductors of his machine and he recognizes the energy it is powerful and the fount of this energy is actually arkham asylum or arkham island i guess i should say and that is where that story ends the mystery of this boy Goes a bit further. He definitely has ties to Arkham, but we already knew that. But how deep these ties go, we've yet to find out. Um The backup was more interesting this time. I as I said, I have not been invested in these backups. The that this this boy, uh, if he was named, I forgot his name. Um I have not really been invested in his story, but this part of this backup definitely moves some pieces around, so it's it's been a bit more interesting for me than in the past. Uh, as for the main story, it does look like things are coming to a head. Might the end be near? Uh, we don't know, but it, it looks like it might be coming soon. And of course, Vandal Savage Definitely. is part of the story. There's history involved in the story. So Vandal Savage is there. <laughs> it's just what's going to happen. Um, but I did not expect him to show up and be a part of the overall war. That's coming to Gotham. That's no. going to be interesting. No. Um He's always there
1: lurking in the background, but I didn't expect him to be showing up here for sure.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Rom V's been crafting a heck of a tale. Uh, 8.5 for DC 1071. Hell yeah. Um,
1: First and foremost, let me say, I am not a fan of abbreviating Detective Comics, but I will take DC (laughs) over top of Tech (laughs) any fucking today i hear someone call detective comics tech and i want to smack them like with a
0: fish <laughs> <laughs> a, a clown fish i i will never They're say sure tech are. i will never call it tech out loud with like my own as an actual word but i'll i'll short form it in text so i don't have to write detective because <laughs> it's a long word that's, i'll just do tech. that's sinful <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, all right so the uh the first part. It's a cool trip to the past. I really do dig working Vandal and Raish um, and their history together in this story. A couple of things. Um, Where does this put Mother's soul? How does she fit into this? Yeah, um, Or is that just cast by the wayside? Does Mother's soul still exist? I completely understand why she wouldn't. It was a complete shit story involving her at the end of Williamson's Robin Rung, it ruined the run. Um, oh, this god. story though, it it gets it did, and you know it. This story though, uh, it gets better with it. every issue. Rom V it is not debatable. Rom V is a master <laughs> storyteller. Ivan Reyes is an art god, and the rest of the team here is seriously top of the class. You you can't get much better than that on the first part. It's nine out of ten. Second part, honestly. A really good-looking, satisfying conclusion to what I thought started out as a very stupidly weird story. Uh, Victor Freeze is trying to be a good dude through science, unbreak himself, and that is not something that I saw coming. Uh, From the previous issues, uh, I, and I'm sure loads of other people, thought he was just dipping back into the old Mr. Freeze pool. But now I'm really curious what happens with this little trio next um the man the 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 uh the boy i suppose the the now 20 year old and uh i wonder if we've seen the last of this earworm character uh thought it was kind of funny how he's like you're 40 let's avoid reflective surfaces on the way out um yeah don't want to give you scare. I, right? I, I, I love both parts, man. This was awesome. I gave it a 9 out of 10 for sure.
0: All oh, right on.
1: That's what I said.
0: Yeah. All right. So that is <laughs> one of the longest running series in DC Comics history. And now for we're going sure. to the other longest running series in DC Comics history with Action Comics 1054 brought to us by Josh. This is a
1: three-parter, guys, and I like to talk, so hold on to your horses. All right, part one, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Art Max Rayner, color Matt Herms, letter Dave Sharp, and the cover is from Steve Beach. Cool cover, by the way. Not what I would call your typical cover, what you would expect from this, but it it is awesome and it does work. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, part one. Picking up right where we left off, we're at the scene of the attack, and apparently one of the super twins, Otho, is behind it. John and Oso fly out to see what's happening, Osul being the other super twin, and find out that Otho has killed someone to defend the city. John flies in to help the guy, who oh, isn't dead, thank goodness, but it turns out to be Metallo, or rather one of his drones. And that drone is not alone, there are loads of them. John and the Super Twins start taking out the Necro-drones, and that's when Metallo, who happens to be drawn the absolute best that I have ever seen him drawn anywhere, shows up. He socks John hard and kidnaps Osul and Otho, saying that they'll be his family now. Though John wants to be the one to go save them because he knows that they think he hates them, Clark says nope. And takes off while the rest of the super fam are there to take out all the necro drones, and there are plenty. Clark shows up, confronts Metallo, and that's when we learn that Metallo's heart is actually an orphan box made of Genesis material. That's that little thing that amped Clark's powers up to extreme levels during his fight on Warworld. Also, it negates the effect of kryptonite on Superman. So, Metello's trademark weapon against Clark is useless. Clark takes him out really quick and offers to help him find his sister, Tracy, in true Superman fashion. Excuse me for
2: one second here. Goodness. Alright, so next we flip to Tracy
1: who is held upside down with hoses everywhere Matrix-style, and some Superman-looking dude is approaching her. This Superman-looking dude says that his body was made from the blood of Metallo's fists during his last big fight at Steelworks. It's some kind of new cyborg Superman with a really funky metal arm, and that funky metal arm has a buzzsaw attachment. That's when he says to Tracy, uh, Your brother kind of let me down, but let's see what kind of use you can be. Damn. Now this just got interesting. Cyborg Superman was a really good villain before things got all fucking weird way back when, and he was completely unimpressive after that. This is definitely a new kind of Cyborg Superman, looks a lot more menacing, and seems that way too. Damn, this, this is so, so good. And the art is just as awesome. I mean, call me a shovel because I dig it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the first, <laughs> the, the yeah. first part is so good that if I was grading them separately, it would get a 9.5 out of 10 from me. For sure. Um, then we've got part two two did you want since these are a little bigger did you want to give me your thoughts on part one real quick before i get into the next Um, part do you want to save it to the end yeah we'll save it all to the end why not all right sounds good part two written by and also on pencils is dan jurgens norm ratman is on inks. elizabeth brightweiser on color and rob lee on lettering we are back with the john and gliana story They've escaped in an escape pod, you know. That makes sense. They land very roughly, and it does not look good for Gliana as she is unconscious in the crashed spaceship. She's okay though after John pulls her out, though he gets burned really badly. Remember, this is old John, and uh, his powers haven't fully come in yet, uh, which is what happens. Which is a part of what happens here pretty soon. Um it's It's okay that he gets burned because Gliana can heal him just like she uh, forced the decay. Previously, now she can she can remove that as well. So John gets healed. Um, then that is this is when we find out why Gliana is, well, why she's here in the first place. She's looking for help from Superman. Turns out her parents were the king and queen of Plune, of course. But that planet is dying because they used up all of their resources a very long time ago. So, as one would expect, its citizens revolted and killed her parents. She escaped and she wants Superman to help her retake her place on the throne. We find out that they are too far from home for John to fly him there, so he calls out to his dad for help. Clark hears him, but he is dealing with Doombreaker right now. And a pretty badass-looking doombreaker, if I may say so myself. Back to John and Gleana. Killamech shows up, and Gliana reveals that that killer mech works for her. Killamech, at Gliana's order, puts John in stasis, and then vin- villain monologues her plan. She wants to be able to control Superman, basically. Again... Let's start this out with Damn. Uh, this story seemed so dumb when I read the first issue, but holy crap, it's gotten so good. The art is Very fantastic, good. as we always see in a Superman book, especially action comics, with the exception of a creative team from a f- few years ago that shall not be named. <coughs> <coughs> <J-R-J-R>. <coughs> and I'll be <laughs> damned if Jurgen's Didn't just make this story not just interesting, but really fucking good. Um, Another one, if graded independently, would get a 9.25 out of 10. And then, finally, we go to part three. Written by Dorado Quick, who I've not heard of before. Art from Yasmin Flores Montanez. Uh, Colors from Brad Anderson. And again, on letters, we have Dave Sharp. Steelworks time. This happens before Action Comics 1051, so three issues ago, or longer, doesn't say how far before 1051. But anyway, it's John Henry Irons versus Amalgam. Amalgam talks him smack about overcompensation because John has a hammer and John drops the hammer. That's when Amalgam knocks him out. And John says, maybe I do need the hammer. Natalie wakes him up and he basically says, let's go warranty-breaking badass mode. Steel takes him down and then, and then uh, shoots over to the press conference that he's almost late for at Steelworks. And that is where he reveals his identity to the world, much to Natalie's pleasure. Watching the TV in some other location, a man whose face you can barely see the man who sent Amalgam after Steele says, Be seeing you soon, John. So I think this is a good start to a story. I, I like seeing Steele in his own arc, and Natalie with him is just perfect. Uh, she needs to be in there too. What's in store? Who's that guy? Who the hell knows, but the story is fire. Now, I'm honestly not a big fan of the art in this section. Some is good, but most other places, something seems off about it. Uh, Too rounded or something. I really can't tell what it is, Um, but it could be better for sure, especially compared to the other parts of this book. But altogether, this is an awesome issue with dynamic storytelling and some seriously visually stunning art. Hooray for action comics, where you know all of it will always be worth the cover price. Freaking awesome uh for the whole mm-hmm. issue I'm going to give it a 9.25 out of 10.
0: That so is where were you
1: at? Fair.
0: Uh I was pretty much right there with you uh the whole way through. Um the main issue the main story rather was very interesting, very good. I'm loving the art throughout. Uh the twists and turns with uh, Cyborg Superman and metallo semi working together is, is something that I'm sure has happened before, but is also one of those things you're like, oh, yeah, no, of course they should definitely work together. Despite the fact that Metalo did not know that he was working with Cyborg Superman. Um, surprise! And surprise!
1: Superman... Surprise!
2: right
0: <laughs> uh superman being superman for Metalo is just so in character I, I love this voice that philip kennedy johnson has for clark it's just perfect uh absolutely um, perfect i i am so stoked to see cyborg superman he's actually one of my favorite superman villains um hmm partially because <laughs> he's he's technically also a green lantern villain so i've had a lot of exposure to him but also it's just <laughs> right. like like i just i find hank henshaw kind of an interesting character like somebody that that and this might just be part of the green lantern story somebody that wants to die but can't die no matter how hard he tries so he just says fuck it up and kill everybody else for it uh, <laughs> until i can eventually die so it, it's right. it's interesting to me yeah yeah it's like like a kind of an anti-terminator in a way while also not being a terminator or being a terminator I suppose it's, yeah Yeah we don't really
1: know way. with this iteration of Cyborg Superman. We we don't even yeah. know if this is Hank Henshaw though it does look like Hank Hank Henshaw there's definitely some if that is Hank there's been some
0: upgrades. Oh yeah there's yeah there's definitely some something a little off about him uh and we're we're, we're yeah so the dan jurgens back up with young john lois and clark two i i've been digging this since the first part i'm really interested in it um kind of had a feeling this lady was not all she uh seemed to be and there you we did. have confirmation that that she is i had a feeling i wasn't really sure what was going on, I figured there was a lie but I did not expect her to be the full villain but there's confirmation that she's not all she seemed up to be um, see
1: I was thinking that they were going, to, that they were like introducing a new character showing that she had been in the past and there was an explanation as to why she was going to show up in the future
0: and shit but no, no, no. Jurgens
1: surprised the shit out of me
0: yeah <laughs> no, it had to have been some some reason why she never showed up again Uh, And finally, with the Steelworks story, I really liked it. I'm interested. I can't wait for Steelworks number one. I can't wait to see what they do with it and where they take these characters. Uh, So seeing John Henry Irons in action solo has been a long time coming. It's really cool to see. And him pulling a 2008 Iron Man movie and just landing at the press conference, removing his armor, saying, I am Steel. Uh, It was... Very cool to see, um, and and the the guy at the end with the and this is gonna bury the lead on my guess with those T spheres floating around his head. I wonder who the hell that is. <laughs> uh,
1: what? How did I miss that?
0: I I honestly I'm assuming they're T spheres because they are spherical orbs and they're floating around his head. And they look about the right size, <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's I mean, the not Mr. only Terrific. reason.
1: So is I mean that that's it it's not could mis- be it's not.
0: No, it he doesn't. No. I mean, they yeah, they they give the illusion that this guy is very villainous, but there's no real reason to believe that. It's just what we're like. We've gone over years and years and years of oh, here's the end of the story, here's a shadowy figure watching the hero on monitors, they must be a villain. But there's never anything to say that. It just, they always end up being the villain. <laughs> so this might just I be mean, suspension of that, disbelief, right?
1: I mean, it could be, but the, the yeah. line, be seeing you soon, John, doesn't yeah. come across as a possible ally. It doesn't well, th- look like um, Mr. Terrific mostly because he's not wearing the face mask, I suppose. But um yeah. it looks like a white guy to me. And uh, it doesn't he doesn't look he like looked, what's
0: maybe maybe I'm wrong. He looked kinda of black to me, I don't know.
1: Um it's there's, hard a, as hell there's with the coloring. There's a evil version of Mr Terrific, but I can't I remember. Was what the hell his I was thinking
0: that I couldn't is. couldn't remember who it was. It's
1: um something the opposite of fair play and I can't remember what yeah. the it
0: is. Uh, My my only idea here is when he says, be seeing you, John. Uh, So John's opening Steelworks as a tech company, and Mr. Terrific already has, uh, was it, Holt Industries that they had going on over in the Flash? No, Terrific Tech. Terrific Tech, thank you. Um, Yeah, I think I was getting confused with Cord. Industries, yeah. Uh, so, Terrific yeah. Tech. So, automatically, Rival Tech Company, like, <laughs> while he's not necessarily a villain for the piece, uh, there's definitely some business dealings they gotta work out here, because now they're rivals, and they're both in the hero community, so... I don't know, that's just my theory. That's just my theory. I'm probably very wrong. The only thing I have to go on with this is the floating orbs around the head. That's the only reason I think this. Um, But we'll see. We'll see when Steelworks comes around. Uh, Either way, I really liked it. The whole issue was solid. Uh, I give it 8.75 out of 10.
1: Right on. Just so you know, though, um, Mm -hmm. Terrific Tech is a new name for his company, or at least newer. It used to be Holt Industries.
0: Oh, okay so I I, w- I had something
1: there going. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. You weren't you weren't wrong. You were just yeah. old. that's all. Yeah.
0: Has <laughs> <laughs> a feel it feels like I've been a feeling for the past 5 years.
2: <laughs>
0: Closer I got to my 30s the older I felt. Now I'm in my 30s. Yeah God wait damn. till you hit 40 and you learn that you can't trust a fart. <laughs> <laughs> I already can't trust a fart. <laughs> oh no! I'm not, I'm not waiting until my thirty or my forties, rather. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do pride myself on uh, excellent bladder and bowel control, though. So sometimes you never know. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know? sometimes, uh, it's fucking a something sneaks
1: out. You never know. You know. Yeah. You got to take yeah. the bright side where you can find the bright side.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the last book of the week, and bah, 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 it is the long awaited Green Arrow number one, the latest chapter in the Dawn of DC imprint. And with the blurb on the cover, uh, it's time for a family reunion, even if it kills them. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love that quote, it's uh, not 100% accurate as we'll see in the issue. Right. So we pick up. Well, maybe. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we open, not rather not pick up, we open on Oliver Queen waking up on a shore, which is something he's done a few times already. Uh, and he, he screams out, hell no, not again. How does this keep happening to me? <laughs> but then he looks around and sees that it's not your typical deserted island. It is very mystical if not universal or alien because there's a whole bunch of plant life and, and uh, structures he's never seen before. Plus he can see planets very close by uh, in the night sky. So clearly something's going on here. Um, we do a brief rundown of his history from him being a billionaire playboy jackass to being stranded on the island training with various heroes and villains and then seeing everything tumble apart around him and being reborn again to where he ended up now when the Justice League fell he fell harder and was taken away somewhere else Uh, he gives us a, a reintroduction into the Arrow family if you will call them that Roy Harper Connor Hawk and Dinah Lance Uh, Roy Harper, a.k.a. Speedy, a.k.a. Arsenal, a.k.a. Red Arrow. I do hope they go back to Red Arrow because I really like that time for Roy. Uh, Connor Hawk, a.k.a. Green Arrow, a.k.a. his son. Okay, not not the part with the arm going missing. The rest of it, though. No, Arsenal.
1: Arsenal. He needs to be Arsenal. I like Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. There's already a Red Arrow.
0: I guess, yeah. <laughs> I just, I really like that part with Brad Meltzer's Justice League when he became Red Arrow. Cause, like, okay, he's graduated now. He's grown up and now he's taken mm-hmm. on that mantle. But you're right, there is another Red Arrow now. So, Arsenal, it is. And yes, Dinah Lance, hey. aka Pretty Bird, uh, aka Black Canary. Uh, the trio are hot on the tail of some people who they stumbled upon and then they drove away so they figure they're up to something because they're trying to figure out what the hell happened to oliver uh, <laughs> they get the uh they they actually catch up to this this truck and with Dinah's sonic scream wheels them off the road and the trio chase them down uh but before roy can fire an arrow into the last guy that's trying to escape none other than cheshire cat who you saw in recent rom v catwoman comics shows up kicks a guy in the face beats him down and shoots a dart into another guy's shoulder <laughs> uh wow. and takes him down and then they all have a little chat and cheshire cat says it's been great having this team up uh but i gotta go good luck in alley town it's not really the safest place but then Roy, uh, realizing who it is right away, starts to talk to Cheshire Cat and says, you threw your first ninja star when you were two years old, which stops Cheshire Cat in her steps uh, right at the spot. She leads up against the fence because she's so like nervous about what's happening. And Roy just goes on and on about all the memories he has with her and, and finishes with his daughter was five years old when she was taken from him. But says like whenever you're ready you can come home and leanne removes her mask and runs into her father's arms and i fucking cried <laughs> gonna be honest with you <laughs> i was reading this at work and i started tearing up and i was like i can't do this in the lunchroom i gotta wait till i get home <laughs> It, it was a hell of a moment. This has been a long time coming. Complete with a background image of Roy with a young Leanne holding him up in his old speedy outfit. It was so nice to see. The only issue I have with this is that I firmly believe Dinah would be crying too. Why is she not crying in this? <laughs> um, sorry, I forgot to... Uh, She's
1: a natural-born to- skeptic.
0: I forgot to do the credits I was so excited to get into this I'll do them now while I'm on this kind of midpoint of the issue This is written by Joshua Williamson With art from Sean Izakasi, Colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr. And letters from Troy Pateri With a gorgeous cover from Sean and Romulo Uh, So picking up where I left off uh, (coughs) Excuse me Leanne is now reuniting herself With Connor and Dinah And uh, kind of lets on a bit more on than they would have known that uh, Cheshire did possibly suspect some things but uh, Leanne does remember what Cheshire was like in her previous life and the life she led so she doesn't really want to go back to her and she wanted to go back to Roy but couldn't find him uh, well not so much that she couldn't find him not just that but she does The lead with they'll never let our family be together and as Roy is asking what she means Leanne and Connor are being teleported away as Leanne says find Amanda Waller and Roy is understandably pissed off so he goes where the fuck is Amanda Waller (laughs) where is she uh so uh, as any good
1: father would do
0: oh hell yeah I I don't I definitely would too I don't blame him there Uh, Ollie has been narrating the entire time and says, hold on, don't get mad yet. There's a lot more to be mad about Uh, (laughs) because this story is just getting started. Leanne gets teleported onto a weird platform in some mystical tech city, which you can recognize is the same place that Oliver has been. Uh, But she is alone. Connor is not there. Uh, At least she's not alone without Connor. Uh, I mean she, she's she's not alone Connor's not there but a man hunter is also there the guardians man hunters uh, where there will be no not escape no ones. man can withstand uh, no man escapes uh, the man hunters but Oliver arrives in some new high-tech suit and shoots a buzzsaw arrow through the man hunter's head uh, or chainsaw arrow rather uh, <laughs> which. Leanne asks, so Was that a chainsaw arrow? And Oliver goes, You got to make do with what's a hand, kid. Because <laughs> you just, you got to find what's lying around, you use it. Because uh, goddamn, Oliver's a master. Uh, so they are being chased by <clears throat> manhunters, but Oliver makes quick work of them with his arrows, and they come across a giant machine. Oliver knew she was coming and who she even is, to which she is surprised. Uh, But he knows because of this machine they come across, and it is a cosmic omniporter omniporter multiversal network system, uh, which Oliver just made up on the spot. But basically, it's a teleporter, uh, and instead of using it to get them home, he blows it up. Uh, (laughs) To which Leanne is kind of really pissed off and confused, saying we could have used that to get home uh, and tell her dad the truth about why this keeps happening to us. And as Oliver goes, there's only one truth. We can never go home. And that is the end of the issue to be continued. Holy hell, it was a thrill ride. Uh, simply amazing. My only thing I could say about it that I, I'm i kind of weary about, and, and that is kind of a thing with Williamson. It might be too big of a beginning, and that means it might falter near the end. When you have such a huge story to tell, and then you, you start it so big... Uh, how do you end something that massive? You know that's that's the problem I think Williamson had with this flash run. He always had big stories to tell, but never uh, a nice way to end it. It Was always a small ending. So that's it's that's where I fear this is going to go. Run when what you really meant was everything. I don't feel that way about everything. That's you. <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> no, you just,
1: just you're just not willing to admit it yet.
0: Nah, it's this. That's that's how I see it, man. The Deathbed was good. I enjoyed this Robin run his, up until his, the
1: Mother Soul bullshit.
0: His, I enjoyed that stuff, mate. Fuck. Really? <laughs> I had no problem with it. Yeah, the the I last couple of issues weren't as exciting, it. but like I I enjoyed that entire run. Uh, even Deathstroke Inc. But Shadow War was kind of meh. Uh, he's he's hit or miss. He's like. Uh, for me, is like Tom King, is hit or miss on the stories, but but this is that's this is one thing where like strong too, yeah. But that's that's the thing about that that's that I'm kind of noticing now. This is this specifically. It's not even just the end of all his Flash arcs. It's when they were bigger stories. He always starts big, but he doesn't end big. You know, uh, it's always a small ending, so it doesn't cope as well. <laughs> Excuse me. So I am worried that that's where this might be going uh but for now i'm really enjoying this this first issue i thought it was was really well done the art was fantastic and we finally had that special moment that has been a long time coming and we've all been waiting for where roy gets reunited with leanne and in true comics fashion loses her instantly because fuck this is why we can't have nice things <sighs> <laughs> Son of a bastard. anyway the truth. yeah i really enjoyed this issue i think i've said that enough uh 9.25 out of 10 holy hell it was it's a good number one i just hope that sticks
1: the landing all right so before i get into my opinions on this i've got some questions and comments real quick okay first at the very beginning it says lose one green arrow and find another um, I'm assuming that they mean
0: they lost Ollie and found Connor? Yeah, that's that's how I took it anyway. because okay. cause, cause um, Connor showed up like the next page.
1: All right, so is this the first time that we've seen Team Arrow riding out as a motorcycle gank?
0: uh i can't comment they all for had, previous comics but that, that's at they, least i was thinking the tv have, show <laughs>
1: yeah they've got matching um matching motorcycles matching helmets and they're all color scheme appropriate i thought that yeah. was pretty cool um yeah as far as as far as cheshire goes um so i cheshire is a complicated character uh roy's ex-love interest Started out as the daughter of a U.S. senator. Then that was changed, and it turned out that she, then her history was completely retconned, and she came out as Vietnamese. And then she was in the New 52 with Grifter, but as Nico, not Cheshire. Um, Then when she came back again, she was in the League of Assassins. And then she came back again and started wearing the Young Justice Cheshire cat costume. Did I did I miss anything? I don't know. I, mean, Dan, I really, Cheshire at this I point is Cheshire. nearly <laughs> on par with, dire, with Donna with Donatroy. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is so convoluted. Yeah. Um, Leanne has always been her daughter, though, right? I'm not imagining that.
0: I, I it's always I been Roy and Cheshire's that's kid. The case. Yeah. Okay. I can only I can only, um, I can only so, agree. I don't know much about Cheshire's history, so I can't really comment on that. But I imagine that's the case. So, um, so Cheshire
1: Cat is Leanne, but also shoes. And am I nuts, or did she look completely different as shoes?
0: Didn't look like this at all.
1: Like, Um, as in different, different hair, different face. I'd have to, I'd have to go back to make double sure. But if I'm not mistaken, shoes was drawn as a completely different character. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, like, I, I, it's also a different artist,
0: but I think the hair was the same anyway. Okay.
1: Maybe maybe I could I could totally be wrong. Um, but that was that was just a question that I had. Yeah. Uh, another question out into the ether is what in the fuck is the connection between Amanda Waller and Catwoman's Strays? You would have you would you would think that there would have to be one for the whole be me up Scotty deal, right? I mean something you, you, is pick.
0: Well, and then finally, not finally, necessarily just Catwoman strays, but the Arrow family specifically, because Connor gets taken as well. That's very true.
1: Um, finally, is it just me? I, I know that the Ollie that we see is our yeah. Ollie, but does it yeah. seem like something has happened to him? I don't know what it is, but something feels different with Ollie. Maybe it's just the way that Williamson is writing him. But something feels changed. Not necessarily I mean, bad, but maybe it's just his
0: voice. There, there's, I'm not sure. For one thing, he he's stranded on another desert island. But right before that, he was brutally murdered by Doomsday. <laughs> that's that's gonna make someone oh, change, if anything.
1: Ali's got a little PTSD. Is that what you're saying?
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe, but <laughs> I think yeah, he's he gonna have to, to start a support group that, with that Superman. Seems to help.
1: <laughs> that new uh, they can go see Power Girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I said micro-dose. <laughs> but, uh That new costume, um, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's not gonna stick around after this, but it's pretty cool for this adventure. As, as cool as but, it is, uh, as
0: cool as it is, I hope it doesn't stick around because I like his old costume. <laughs> right. Uh. So
1: this story, it's it's really good to see. Uh, of course, I want to see Lan come back to Roy, who doesn't. Of course, I want to see Team Arrow back together again, who doesn't? Listeners, if you don't, I mean, I I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah. The art is absolutely stunning in here, except for some facial expressions were that were that were really bad. But I mean, altogether, really really good effort on the art. Um, this story has the beats in it I would like to see, but I'm just not hearing the song yet. Uh, I definitely need to see where this is all going and how the hell we're getting there before I can say that this long awaited and very much wanted fan service piece will be good. Um, so far, it seems like a like a pretty damn decent setup issue, but uh, I mean, considering where it's coming from, and it's not being pedantic at all, but it's a great setup issue. I, I, I don't have high hopes for the series yet. It's going to take me a few. Um, with the exception of the art, though, until I see more of the story, that's all I got. This can be great. I fucking hope it is. We've needed Green Arrow back in his own title for so long. We've needed Liam back with Roy for so long. We've needed Team Arrow back together for so long. And I just, I hope that this sticks to landing. More than more than anything I have seen Williamson write in the last eight, t- hell, even ten years, this book, he cannot fuck up. in my opinion he has fucked up everything else he fucked up Crisis, he fucked up Infinite Frontier, he fucked up Flash, he fucked up Robin, he's fucking up Superman but he cannot (laughs) he cannot fuck up Arrow. If if he fucks up Green Arrow it's gonna be another decade before we get another Green Arrow book because they're gonna say that it's the character and it's not this has everything we all want I just want it tied up in a nice little bow when it's done. Um uh, hesitations aside, kick ass issue, and I give it an eight out of ten.
0: Fair enough, right? On. Uh, yeah, no, that honestly that's that's very fair. Like you're right, he this realistically cannot go bad. It should not go bad. Because, like you said, if, if it goes bad, fuck knows when we're going to get another Green Arrow. Exactly. As annoying as it is, that's that's a fair point. But I, I I, think we might be onto something here, but like I said, I'm going to wait till the end and see how it goes. Hopefully for the best. That's how I felt about the Superman story, and honestly, I was impressed with the way it ended. I thought it was quite nice. So I have some hope here, um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, And that is our books for the week. Yeah, now we are going to get into our top three of the week and favorite moment. If you had one, I think we all had one. I know I had one. (laughs) I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Josh, you want to start us off?
1: I can do that. Um, I am going to... Okay, so in third place, I give it to Harley. If I pull in the honorable mentions... Uh, Dead Boy Detectives is right there on par with Harley. It is just as good. Easily a 9-plus. Detective Comics takes number two. Why? Because read the fucking thing. It's great. (laughs) And first place has to go to uh, the, the Overachiever this week, and it is Action Comics. It just, front to back, just licks the competition and spits it out. It's wonderful. Now, for my favorite moment, there were a whole bunch that were pretty fucking cool, man. Leanne running back to Roy. I mean there there's there's a whole bunch. So I thought outside of the box. What would be the greatest moment if all of those great moments were shoved to the side what little tiny moment would stick out for me well it initially got an eye roll from me but then an immediate chuckle so there were some pretty cool moments this week like i said but zatanna turning her piece of ass into a rabbit was pretty fucking funny i i (laughs) I don't quite understand why she said he she just saved his life but it was still funny um yeah totally different new way to seize laana with the infomercials and uh and the uh the super girl ploy but <laughs> yeah. um, altogether pretty pretty nice
0: pretty nice and and if you didn't realize or I'd rather notice it because it did take me a a couple minutes to really hem it off I was seeing it right that booty call rabbit was John Constantine oh is it
1: I, no yeah. I sure as shit
0: did not notice that. <laughs> he's got the blonde hair and the red tie. He's naked, so you don't have the trench coat to but he's got the red tie and the blonde hair. <laughs> I'm flipping so that's back cause... Yeah, that that's that's the only reason I'm thinking it is John Constantine, but you know, they've had romantic entanglement in the past. John and Zatanna, oh, so
1: No. 100%. That is yeah. 100% John Constantine. Yeah, no way it's not. Exactly, (laughs) no way that
0: it's not perfect. Uh, Now that's a very good favorite moment. Like, like you're right. There is so many great moments this week. I was, I was sure there was going to be some overlap between us, uh, between the three of us. Rather, I'm very curious what Brandon's is. If it's not the same as mine, Uh, (laughs) uh, my top three though. Before I get the favorite moment. Yeah. You know that. Um. Uh, number 3 I kind of had a tie but I went with the unsolvable doom patrol number 2 because I, I just liked it a little bit more than action comics uh, but action comics was was also at the same score so tied for number 3 Uh. number 2 I put blue beetle graduation day number 6 hell of a mini and bring us more blue beetle hell yeah that is a top notch right there uh, and number one, my top scoring book of the week and easily favorite issue of the week, Green Arrow number one. I'm I'm cautiously looking forward to the rest of this run. It's already going to 12 issues, and I think it's only a matter of time if it sticks to the landing in the first arc that we get an ongoing Green Arrow book. <clears throat> I cannot wait. Uh, favorite moments? I think I kind of gave it away already. It is... <laughs> Roy re- finally reuniting with Leanne, uh, but if I had to pick a backup, might actually be uh, John Henry Irons revealing himself as Steel at that press conference, because I thought that was really cool. In true Iron Man fashion. In true Iron Man 2008 <laughs> movie fashion, yes. I am Steel. Yeah, so that was our favorite moment. Now it's time for your favorite moments. It is... The Biggest Thinker. Oh,
1: that's nasty! It
0: sure as hell is. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I know my biggest stinker. I'll, I'll just like say it right now. Revenge of the Gods number four, really faltered. Uh, I liked the backups a lot more than I liked the main story, uh, mostly yeah. because of the Shazam one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that um they they did a great job. Josie Campbell wrote. Mary Marvel terrifically throughout the entire run uh, that she, she was writing the character. Caitlyn Yarsky's art is fantastic and I love Jordy Belair's colors every time I see them. So there's nothing to dislike with that Shazam backup. The Amazon's backup was solid but the main story just fell apart for me. For sure. the
1: Honestly, I mean I, I love that we've got Shazam back to where it needs to be. I'm not thrilled about how we got there i'm not thrilled that mary is exactly how she was before this all started <laughs> um it revenged the gods man it stunk that's out of the main if i bring in the honorables of course and this is of no surprise um i just
2: i want to flush it again
1: Tim drake Robin blows. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I I went through, I went through that um, today actually before we recorded. I didn't hate it like it actually didn't make my my stink list this week. Um, still not fantastic, but it's a lot more interesting than it has been.
1: Uh, Okay, but, I mean, you are talking about reaching over top of a bar that is literally laying on the floor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, and Brandon might cheer at my comment here, it might be because Bernard was barely featured in the issue.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly why Brandon would like it. (laughs) I, I have no doubt. No doubt
0: whatsoever. Yeah. Anyway. Holly any has also volunteered
1: thoughts? to read Tim Drake. Yeah, Holly has also volunteered to read Tim Drake
0: to let me know if
1: I'm being an ass or not.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, all three of us don't like it. I think at that point she should read Superman and let us know what she thinks about that. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs>
1: You gotta wait until the story is finished. Not these little I mean, the, mini arcs. I the first. The Side note: This is of a care. rant, but no, oh it's not even an arc. Okay, you got a story. <laughs> you can't do four <laughs> issues or three issues and say that's an arc, because it continues in the very next fucking issue for another three issues. Then you go, that's an arc. Horse shit. It is not. They're all part of the same story. But that's just a personal gripe of. I mean, you can have... In comics in general.
0: Overall... stories, but have mini arcs inside. Like, Planet Hulk was multiple stories set on that planet, but it was one long story. Same with uh, the War World Saga. It was the same idea. It was one big story, but it had arcs separating it. It had big arcs
1: separating it. War world, yeah. world rising, you know those big things, but when you have two arcs within one Metallo story, uh, that's that's you know for example, that's you're doing it wrong.
0: one <laughs> Metallo story?
1: Something about action. I comics? was just, yeah, I was just that was just me using an example, but yeah, okay. Oh, okay. For example, yeah. over in Superman, we just ended an arc. But <laughs> yeah. it's not done yet. It's well, no, nowhere this... near done yet. So
0: but parasite story is done. Right? The overall story isn't done, but parasite story is done. Does, should that really count? Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> really, so who's going to par- pick this up and go, <laughs> they're going to they're they're read the opening issue, they're going to see all the shit that's going on with Lex, they're going to get to the end of the Parasite stuff and go, well, that was good enough for me.
0: Well, not that it's done, no, but that's the Parasite arcs, that's the story arc of Parasite as the villain. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know I'm being pedantic on that one. I have no yeah. doubts. I won't even try to argue <laughs> against it. I just, it yeah. gets under my
2: skin. <laughs> Fair it's enough. like releasing
1: a CD and, and saying that there's two albums inside. No, there's just one CD there. There's one so CD. What, if there's, what, what if, if
0: there's two CDs? Then you can call it
1: two albums. But yeah. in following that same line, if there were two CDs, there'd be, you could call it four albums no that's not how it works there's there's, there's a beginning and there's an end (laughs) there's a beginning and there's an end you can't just chop it up in the middle (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean i know it's not okay but
0: that's just (laughs) we could be here all night debating story arc like timelines or whatever (laughs) but we've been going on
1: for a while already. i'm I am full of opinions that nobody agrees with. Um, So feel free to go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts and join our Discord so you can get in on the fun that all of the staff and members of Discord get to and tell me how wrong I am on a daily fucking basis.
0: (laughs) And on that note, you can also... Uh, send us an email to comics at nodrobotpodcast.com and contact us on Twitter at Not Robot Comics and Instagram at NARcomicbooks where you can also tell us how much you disagree with Josh uh, and I will be sure <laughs> to get the message to him. <laughs> he will too. Yeah. Also check out our sub stack for bonus review articles and more and as always there's only one way we say goodbye around here until next time. Be good to each
2: other.